The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Thank you so much for coming. What in the hell? Daylight savings time is going on. It is a funny time in the world. I couldn't get on my Facebook Live. I couldn't get on anything. The cats are all upset. They're closing the garage. But we're going to have a great show today because the title is, Are Your Loved Ones Making You Sick? And what can you do about it? Have you suffered from... Oh, I don't know, problems with fatigue, shortness of breath, that nausea when your relationship went south. Have you ever had that lower back pain? Then that tightness in your chest, joint pain, fatigue, when your partnership, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, said that series of sideways comments. If you've ever had that cyclic health problem that stabilized when you got some kind of treatment and all of a sudden it stopped working when a family member or friend or somebody started aggravating you, today's your day because we're going to discuss is a loved one making me sick and what we can do about it. In today's way, in today's world, it's very common to have people we love, we love in our life. But just because we love them doesn't mean that they can't get on our nerves or on our stomach, our joints, or whatever organ is giving us trouble. Today's show is going to change your life because it's going to teach you how to love the ones you're with and stay healthy and alive at the same time. We're taking your calls, 816-251-3555. And remember, we're here in the United States and Canada. You can call and have a free mini reading. We're, remember, we're unityonlineradio.org live, live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. You can get the show on your favorite 
podcast provider as well, podcast provider as well. When you join the show or you want to listen to it afterwards, you want to listen to it over and over again when you walk because you want to listen to that reading I've done or you want to listen to that phrase that I've said over and over again because it makes sense to you. Listen to the podcast or tell your friends. Today's show is very important because it teaches us a very interesting comment, which is I post advertisements for these for these shows all the time on my Facebook, which I may be toilet papering, toilet papering the offices of after this show, because I try to do a Facebook Live. I got to get this off my chest because I love Facebook. It's like a relationship, someone you love, but sometimes it makes you sick. We all love people in our lives. We might love a friend, we might love a husband, a wife, even a cat, a dog. Maybe even the birds. People we love. In medical intuition, they could be a family, first center, second center, mate, third center, coworker, boss, fourth center, parent or child, fifth center, somebody in a group that we are active in the world, sixth center, an intellectual group. We love them, but sometimes. They make us anxious, angry, sad, maybe even guilty and feel ashamed. Friends and family evoke feelings in us, emotions. Frequently, we try not to have negative feelings because we think they're, well, for lack of a better word, negative. We don't want to be negative, do we? Well, the negative emotions are important. They're protective. They let us know that something in our life needs to change. You don't want to be numb, do you? Well, actually, we do. We have a frontal lobe on the top of our head. Think of it as a helmet. It's like the mute button on our TV clicker. Well, you don't want to hear the commercial. You might mute it because you just want to hear the program, which you love. The same thing with our brain. We might love our friends, our family, our mates, our children, and we might mute the negative parts of them. That's the part of our brain, the frontal lobe, because we just want the love, the positive feelings, that excitement when we see them, that confidence they make us feel, that warmth, that trusting, that relaxed calm we feel. And like Barbara Streisand says, what's too painful to remember, we choose to forget, or we don't see, hear, see no evil, hear no evil, stuff like that. However, if you're numb, it's actually dangerous. We all hear people who, those rare people, who may have been born with an ability to feel pain. We do know that there are some people who acquire that ability, diabetics, may lose the nerve endings in their feet, and it's very dangerous. They may step on a tack or a nail and get infected. It's very dangerous not to feel. And we know that people who have been traumatized sexually or emotionally, they numb themselves. Post-traumatic stress disorder are people who numb themselves. And then, unfortunately, they are blithely unaware when they unwittingly attract the same type of person 
they were victimized by. Numbness is not good. They love, 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 love. They attach, but don't know how to feel discomfort. Fear, anger, sadness, uncomfortable emotions are part of our intuitive guidance system that let us know that something has changed, something in our relationship. And if we can't be aware of it, if we're muting it, our bodies will let us know. Emotions are part of our intuition that let us know that something is out of balance. So we ha- sometimes we censor it, we mute it. So if we can't listen to the intuition through the emotion, we have to look at the body intuition, the medical intuition. And that's me. I do medical intuition. People call me from all over the world and knowing only their name and age over the phone, I describe situation in their life that I see aggravates their health. I describe that family member that they love, that mate, husband, wife, child, dog, cat, gerbil. I have iguanas lately, but there's time. I've been doing this for 30 years. And then I go through their physical body, head, eyes, ears, neck, thyroid, heart, breast, lungs. We'll have a chance to do this in a second because this is what I do on the show. This is why I get the small bucks. I'm kidding. You know, it gives you big bucks because this show goes all over the world. So they don't give me big bucks. I'm kidding. But unity is fabulous. The thing is, is I describe symptoms in your body that let you know that you have an intuitive emotion that something is going on. Frequently enough, people will say, are you blaming my husband, wife, child, gerbil, cat, dog, boss? No. Your negative emotion about this situation is letting you know that you are fearful child, angry about being disrespected, which is not good. You're depressed about that loss of your parents. You feel ashamed when they are picking on you about your weight or your intellectual gifts that are hidden in in attention, distractibility, the so-called ADD. Or you feel guilty about, oh, I don't know, having missed one detail which will make you more obsessive, more compulsive, and even more excessively responsible that you're already unhealthy about. Can I match the symptoms in your body with the emotions in your brain? That is the field of medical intuition. And that is, in essence, what the title of today's show is. Is a loved one making me sick? Our health, our loved ones don't make us sick. They are angels. They are part of our life that let us know that something needs to change. If it weren't for the wife, the husband, the boyfriend, the girlfriend, the child, the boss, we would never change. How would you know not to go to a hot stove and put your hand on it if you didn't feel the heat? How would you know not to go in a direction that's painful to you and let if you didn't feel the pain? There are phrases called strong in the broken places. And we would hope that we would have learned and grown emotionally, physically, and spiritually by least painful experiences. Angels and messengers from the divine 
They let us know how to grow an intellect, a spirit, a brain, and a body. These are our loved ones, for better or for worse, in painful and in love. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and we're talking about is a loved one making you sick and what you can do about it. And we're taking your calls, 816-254-251-3555, 816-251-3555. If you want to know more about the solutions to today's show, you want to go to my Facebook when it's working. Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 1, or Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa 2. You best be known that I, tonight I'm going to figure out how to get that camera working on Facebook Live again. If you want a personal reading, a private one or two-hour reading, you want to go to www.drmonalisa.com. There are two-hour comprehensive readings, or there's a general um, one-hour basic reading. Or call 207-846-6475. We will go to line one, Dolores Miller. I'm Dr. Monalisa. How can I be of help? Oh, good. Hi, Dr. Mona Lisa. How are you? Um, okay, great topic. You? Good. I'm sorry. I didn't even pause because <laughs> I know often people say, just get to the question. Okay. I'm, I'm well. This is an honor speaking with you. Um, oh, you know, I admire you. I've read you your books. I thought, oh, no my God. Call if I didn't do my Facebook Live, I'm so depressed about <laughs> that. I put the eyeliner on. I got a new shirt here. <laughs> I mean, I did my hair. And all the only people who are going to see to the cats, and they don't care as long as they get their friskies. They're even closed oh. in the garage, for God's sakes. But anyway, oh I my digress. God. You're, How can I be You're hysterical. You, you can digress. You're great. How can I be Okay, so. All right, yeah, so I have a loved one who, um, you know, kind of has challenges and whatnot. Let me I guess tell you, to put it my. I yeah. see that you were born with a unique brain that you have a double D area in your brain for intuition. Whoa. And you have. The part of it that's the mute button, sometimes those buttons are broken. <laughs> they don't work. Oh, great. You keep pressing the damn button. You're like, I think this thing is broken. It doesn't work. And so when it comes to having a way of turning your intuition off, it doesn't work as well. It hasn't worked since childhood. And now that perimenopause has happened, that button works better with estrogen and progesterone and now it's worse. And there's oh no way God. really of fixing the battery or anything to make it work. <sighs> or get it, you know, it's not stuck with jelly. It's stuck from a prior, a prior situation growing up where it's either there was instability about money, property, resources. And somehow people in your family had a novel, creative way of handling loss and difficulty i see you as a result you develop this twitchy porous sensitive uber creative way of seeing hearing and also picking up a problem with someone you love there's an area in our brain for bonding but it's also the same area for picking up mistakes, if you can believe that. The same area for bonding 
It's called the orbital frontal ear. It's behind our eyes. It's the same area for picking up mistakes. And so when you bond, it's much easier to go, hey, listen, you know what you're doing wrong? <laughs> okay. That area <laughs> is connected to the area of anxiety that's interior single. And that area is connected to the area that goes around and around. It's like, I got to tell you. I'm going to tell you again. I'm going to tell you again. And that goes around and around. I love you. I can tell you what's wrong going on right now. Anxious, then obsessing. And that's what happens. And it's not out of a lack of love. It's not out of a lack of connection. And it's very hard for you to turn off that warning that goes on and off. This person mm. has covers up their feelings behind is the opposite of you. They have a big mute button and their feelings are very buried. Yours are on your sleeve. This person has a lot of fire underneath their surface of their chest. And it's very obvious that something's bothering them. And you can pick it up. And every time you say, what's wrong? They'll say nothing. But their <laughs> behavior demonstrates it and or possibly their health. They've done things mm -hmm. in the past that probably were compulsive, either too much eating, too much drinking, too much something. And you have tried to help this person and it doesn't work. Who do you live with? Mm, exactly right. I had lived with my son or he had lived with me, 22. Um, he's with his dad now for about a month or so. Okay, hold on and, one second. Wait a minute. Okay. So you are a very emotional, you're a bonded, you're a hell of a bonder. You're keyed into worry about his mistakes. He's the opposite. He's aloof. He seems to be blinded to his mistakes. You call them to his attention. He feels you're nagging. That's like saying, don't fall in the hole. He falls in the hole. So next time you see him walk into a hole, you're like, don't fall in the hole. He says you're nagging at him. You're tired of paying the bills. So you, carry the, the mark. you carry the anxiety for him because he doesn't. You carry okay. the worry because he doesn't. And then he says, when you do that, you nag. But it's because you carry a hyper feeling because he's numb. Okay. And somehow he numbs himself, wait for it, with some kind of substance. What has he been doing? Well, that's so interesting. He um he takes medication, prescribed medication, and throughout the years, I think he's numbed out with food, either, just controlling either eating he's too much. 22. He's very healthy. Yep. How tall is he? Uh, not very tall. He's maybe five ten, five ten and a half. And how much does he weigh? Um, I don't know. Frankly, not a lot, you know, maybe 150, 160. He's not overweight, but he has, he can go up and down. And he... Um, you mean up and down with weight? Yes, yes. And not usually, because he was never obese. That kind of thing. As a child, he was chunky. But I look, wait, let me just go through your body. I look at your head. Vision and hearing aren't your primary problem. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. 
I see something different with your spine. I can't figure out if it's curved to the side. One hip is higher than the other. What that is. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. I wonder if people in your family have some kind of skin condition. I see an increased susceptibility of having autoimmune problems. Antibodies against your thyroid gland. Antibodies against dry eyes, joints, an area in your bowel wall and your small intestine, all or some of those. I see increased susceptibility of having mild antibodies against your thyroid. I look at your heart. I look at your left lung, right lung, left breast, right breast. I see a symmetry in your breast, believe it or not. One is higher than the other, one is lower than the other, what that is. I look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. I see problems with blood sugar, insulin. You could gain weight easily just by smelling a French fry and worrying. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder. Uterus, left ovary, right ovary, and cervix, if you still have them. You could live on a shoestring, and that's good, because you give more, people around you take more. You make yourself more available, they seem more distant, aloof, and you seem to carry more responsibility, and that reflects itself on your lower back, your joints, your insulin, and your cortisol. I see some fatigue, dragginess, problems with falling asleep or staying asleep. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Wow. You're absolutely amazing. I had health concerns. I thought there was something with my thyroid. Went. They did all these tests. They said you're fine. I felt there was a distension in my stomach, and nobody seems to be able to How figure that out. How tall are you? I'm I'm tall. I'm um, almost five eight. How much do you weigh? Um, one thirty eight. What is your mother's health like? I'm sorry. What is your mother's health like? My mother's health. Um, my mother died um at fifty nine. What? You're fifty nine, and your mother died at fifty nine. Yeah. What did your mother die of? Uh, she died of breast cancer. You have to be careful how much your mother, your son. Okay. What are the health problems have you had? Um, not, I've actually had like none. I've never, no medications, no surgeries, nothing. Um, I do yoga. I've always been really healthy. I've always maintained the same weight. Uh, one of your started... hips higher than the other? Yes. Oh, my God. It's absolutely completely right. Yeah. Have you a small curvature of your spine? Yes, I do. I have double scoliosis. You know, you didn't say this. It made me feel like I lost the reading. So you have double scoliosis. That tells me that your brain is lateralized differently. And that tells me, actually, you have a brain very similar to me and Carolyn Mays. You have... Ooh. I love you guys. Your right brain is hyperdeveloped for intuition. So yeah, that means yeah. that you probably developed people, you probably attracted people, including the father of your son, who's probably right brain deficient, aloof, yes. um, 
left brain, detailed logic, very little emotion. Correct. Which may explain your son. In fact, you may be a so-called left brain learning disability where you live primarily through emotion and less through detail. And they're very detailed, very technological and not emotional. They're prone to anxiety and addiction, which is why I picked up the addiction. And they tend to have depression, anxiety increasing in adolescence and adulthood, thus the medicine. You're going to have to learn to go to someone who can help you not carry emotions for your son that doesn't speak it. He has a hard time taking right brain emotions, bring him to the left brain, name him, and speaking them. But his body, that's my cat outside the window. You know, you try to lock him in the garage, okay? So my cat will be speaking <laughs> for your son, okay? Because he has to have he has to have other people help him learn social pragmatics, learn yep. how to carry his emotions, and you can't do it for him. Correct. Do you understand? Otherwise, you will have a hyperactive right brain and you'll be forever a mother. And that's like a breast Mm -hmm. on a stick. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Yes. Yes. The big tip off was your spine. Wow. And the work of Norman Geshwin talks about people who have that kind of spine are more likely to have autoimmune illnesses, which is I talked about autoimmune. They're more likely to have mixed dominance, ambidextrous. But they're also more likely to have these kinds of problems with, you know, the breasts like that. Mm. Mm. You got to be careful. Do you understand what I'm saying? Go take coins on Q10, 400 to 600 milligrams a day, but work with someone who can teach you mindfulness like DBT to help you observe, describe, allow your son's suffering, but not take it on. You cannot be... Your ex-husband's, his father's, right brain. You can't carry his emotions, and you can't be responsible for your son. They have, they're a savant in some way, just like you're a savant, a right brain intuitive savant. But if you carry them, your loved ones will be making you sick. It's well known that the medical intuitives, or everybody's informed way of medical intuitive, can be moody, anxious, irritable, or blunt, because the right brain speaks bluntly, but they tend to carry the illnesses of people around them. In fact, I went to a court and dinner, and that's what she said. She said, oh, you have all these people calling on the phone. Ring, ring, ring. And you carry <laughs> all of their health problems in your body. Wow. Be careful. You don't want your breasts to do that. Good luck. Okay, there we thanks go. very that's much. Music. You know okay, what that means? thank you. We're going to talk okay. about the solutions to... When loved ones seem to be making you sick, you're listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa.
Today's show has been dedicated to solving the problem of getting sick around loved ones. Why is this? Are the loved ones making us sick? Are they angels letting us know that we need to learn something? What can we do about it? Well, emotions are part of our intuitive guidance system. They let us know when something in our life is out of balance. Yes, it's fun. It's wonderful that we can love someone in our life, whether it's that excited feeling, that energetic feeling, that fast heart rate, feeling of self-confidence. Emotions can save us. We either feel when someone near us is threatened, when they're not safe, fear, or we learn to grow and feel powerful and know our skill and strength truly when we get angry when someone threatens us when someone threatens what we know that's anger we may only know this if our muscles get tight our stomach gets tight if our jaw gets clenched hands get clenched we have problems paying attention we feel like our hands are gripping that's anger. On the other hand, we may truly not know how much we love someone when they leave us. We may think that that person that we just see casually at work, that individual who stays, you know, on the periphery of the office, who's quiet, we, we may truly not understand their true value until they don't come anymore and we feel that sad emptiness inside a kind of weak run down feeling we feel sad and we realize oh my god we really are grieving the loss of that person sometimes our bodies will experience these emotions there's a wonderful book by a behavioral neurologist called the feeling of what happened antonio damasio we can get fear in our brain, but we can have fear in our bodies, organs, whether it shortens the breath, heart racing, arrhythmias, there's brain fear and there's body fear. We can have anger when an important event is disrupted, or we can get angry in our brain when someone disapproves of us, disrespects us, but our muscles can feel angry instead or our blood vessels can get tightened or our blood pressure can go up when we feel angry. So we can get heart angry. Our mind and our brain can get sad and our serotonin can dip and we can know that we're sad or grief stricken. But we can also get body grief, body sad, body depressed by noting that we feel extremely exhausted have no initiative, no motivation, no appetite. And then when someone tries to make us feel guilty or shame, we may feel like we want to hide, shut down, avoid people, but we may not know that we feel shame and guilt until we feel that pit in our stomach, that nameless sense of dread or jitteriness and nervousness or red-faced. 
And only then do we know that we feel shame and grief. These are emotions that let us know that we can't grow. We can love someone and feel difficulty with them at the same time. There is a wonderful form of cognitive behavioral therapy called dialectical behavioral behavioral therapy. It teaches us paradox. Paradox meaning we can feel a positive emotion and a negative emotion at the same time. That means I can love someone and I can be furious with them. Half of the reasons why people get sick is they don't allow themselves to be angry with someone they love. They cover it up and they stuff the anger in their body. We all need to know this kind of paradox. If you don't know how to get angry with someone you love, and it's the hardest thing to do, you will swallow it and it will become depression or inner hate, and you will abuse yourself. Or you'll stay in relationships that are abusive. Learn to do a paradox. We learn to first do it through Louise Hay's affirmations. I love myself just the way I am. And you can get angry with yourself and love yourself at the same time. This is Dr. Mollison. and we're talking about is a loved one making you sick? If you want to know more about the solutions to today's show, you want to go to Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 1, or Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa 2. We will go to line one. Dr. Mona Lisa, how can I be of help? We will go to line one. Jennifer, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Sorry, I didn't think you were there. <laughs> um, how can I be of help? I think, uh, I think I've, I'm, well, I'm having weight issues because I swallow my feelings because I don't want to make waves, and I usually do that with Let me explain. Along Let me food. explain. Okay, hold on one second. Jennifer, you're 53, is that correct? That's correct. You were probably listening to what I was just saying, right? Yes, <laughs> landed on all Which of is why I know I landed, 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 because that's probably a lot for you. The first thing mm-hmm. I see is growing up, there was an ending of some relationship. And you don't like ending. So you do whatever you can to make a relationship stay. You try to avoid them getting angry with you. In fact, some people are phobic about snakes. Some people are phobic about heights. You are phobic about people's anger or disappointment in you. And so you'll do whatever you can to avoid it. You get anxious and you'll do anything to avoid someone's anger. I see someone in your life, actually, though they look nice on the top, on the surface, they're a little irritable. And you end up running around doing everything you can to make this person happy so that they're not, oh, a little disappointed. They won't say they're angry. They'll go, okay, if that's the best you can do, it's okay. I understand. It's a passive way of being anger. And then it makes you feel guilty and shame. 
Who is living in your life that gets you to do things because it's an aversive way of getting you to feel if you say if you were to say no? My husband. Right. Everyone thinks he's sweet. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who in your family left and you who in your family for whatever reason I'm hearing several conversations at once, so I don't know why that is. So Jennifer, who in your family left at an early age? Um So it's the call centers <laughs> coming through as well. I don't know who it is of me. Again. Jennifer, can you hear me? Yes, I'm here. Who in your family left at an early age? I can't think of anyone. Who grew? Who did you grow up with? Uh, my parents' um, younger brother. Your parents' younger brother? Sorry, my parents and my younger brother. Okay. And how old is your younger brother? Uh, he's three and a half years younger than me. When I was okay. when he was born, when he was two weeks old, I had my appendix out and I had to go to the hospital the next city over and I was by myself. So I was... Wait I a minute. Left, so so you know. were the one that left. Why did you have yes. to go by yourself? Uh, the, they wouldn't allow the parents in the hospital. They weren't allowed to be with me in the room. So you were alone? Mm-hmm. Yes. I look at your head. At times I see problems with focus, attention, sustained attention, distractibility. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. I wonder if your blood pressure goes up and down down. I wonder if at times you feel dizzy, vertigo, and imbalanced feeling in your head. I look at your heart. I wonder if people in your family tend to have problems with antibodies against their thyroid. I look at your heart. I look at your left lung, right lung, left breast, right breast, esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder, Uterus, left ovary, red ovary, and cervix, if you still have them. I see an old capacity to have cysts in your pelvis. I can't figure out if it's endometrial, ovarian, or what that is. I look at the joints in your hands, wrists, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles. I see achiness in the small joints in your hands, wrists, hips, lower back, and the lower joints in your body. I look at your neck, upper back, lower back, and sacral areas. I see a change in range of motion in your neck. I see fatigue, dragginess, melancholy, sadness. I can't figure out if it's dizziness, vertigo, an imbalanced feeling in your head. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Uh, I'm well. The weight thing, I guess, is is I seem to be really bloated, like extra bloated, but I don't know if that's 
just because I seem to be starting the menopause thing. I haven't had a period in about four months, so um, my hormones tend, are still adjusting. Do you tend to get anxiety? Yes. How does that, does it cause you to have a kind of dizziness or imbalanced feeling in your head? Yes. Do you tend to have a feeling that your heart rate flutters? <laughs> yes. Does it cause problems with focus and attention? Yes. Does your muscles feel tight in your hands, wrists, lower back? I am massaging my hands, yes. <laughs> okay, you're massaging your hands, you poor thing. Okay, listen, I won't torture you yeah. anymore. Okay, listen. <laughs> okay. Did you try to earn your lovability through being needed in your house? So when they dropped you off at the hospital and said, see you later, have a nice appendix. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> and then you saw the car, oh, the station wagon drive off as, as gravel yeah. was thrown in your face. You figured that the only way you could stay out of the hospital was, you know, to be a hell of a cook and a baker and a whatever. You just try to make yourself indispensable and earn approval, or the alternative was avoid disapproval, or earn your keep. That's third chakra, self-esteem, being selfless, and being a hyperactive responsibility. You've got to understand that probably happened in utero. Appendix is third center. It's still digestion and weight. Whether it's your gender or whether it's the women in your family, that's the same thing, or whether it's genetics, you have a kind of anxiety that you pick up their anger and they're anxious. You get anxious so much that you kind of attract people who have a very high criteria for what is, you know, their approval and you get to earn it and then you do backflips of cooking cleaning trying to earn their approval and you got to stop that because it makes you overwork and that makes you produce cortisol goes to your nearby pancreas and you put on weight unfortunately it'll give you cysts in your pelvis and then cysts in your breasts your adrenal gland through overwork and over effort to earn people's love will produce estrogen, which will go to your pelvis and then your breasts. But it, and the reason why you know that is because your adrenal gland is also producing epinephrine, which makes your muscles t tense. That's the hands. But it will also make your muscles tight. You have to practice with your phobia about people's disapproval. The treatment for phobia like for snakes or heights, it's to do what makes you nervous. <laughs> Approach, don't avoid. <laughs> so I want you to work with a counselor on this thing of earning your husband's approval because he's a nice guy. It's just you're sensitized because of your past. Do you understand? In a way, it's a kind of phobia because you were left, you saw the back of the car. <laughs> 
<laughs> and now you just don't want to be left. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? No, I also had my I had my gallbladder out when I was eight. Well, there, there you go. Your third chakra. And that's probably after, you know, a boyfriend. But my point is, is that you get my point. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. People have them in a different. I had scoliosis. I had a Harrington rod fusion. My parents said goodbye. <laughs> Left me at the hospital. <laughs> and I was there for a, eight months, almost a year. Flat on my back. Wow. Best year of my life. Best nope. year. <laughs> <laughs> I had a completely different reaction. You understand? I looked up in the sky and went, these buildings, I'm going to come back here and go to medical school. I, I, Everybody in my family lost weight because I did all the cooking and the cleaning. I felt I was on Rad Hilton. You know, like I was at the Ritz-Colton. I was on vacation, vacay. So anyway, all I'm telling you is I only cried once, and that was when my cook, my soup came cold. To this day, I cannot eat beef barley soup. But that was the only time. <laughs> so I'm just telling you, people have their own experience. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Please do that, because he is kind of a nice Thank guy. You. Okay? Yes. <laughs> Good luck. You take it easy. Have a nice evening. Thank you so much. Take care. Okay. <laughs> we'll go to line two. Kayla, I'm Dr. Melissa. How can I be of help? Um, yeah, I was just calling. Um, recently, I've been having issues with what the doctors say is um, an allergic reaction. Um, it will start, I'll get itchy in my left arm, and then all of a sudden, in the, in the crooks of my arm, my legs, um, okay. they all hold up to the point wait, where wait, it looks wait, like wait. I have. Kayla, you're 32, is that correct? Yes. Keen shop intellect. I see an environment, I can't figure out if it's a work environment that you work, it's a family, it's a work, it's a family. I see there's somebody on the top in this environment that's kind of a boss or makes all the decisions. I see somehow this person evokes you and makes you anxious. Okay, yeah. Who is that person? Um, my boyfriend that I live with actually. Pretty sure that's what. How long have you with that? So you're exactly what this shows about is a loved one making me sick. Now I'm not mm -hmm. saying throw them under a bus, put them out with the recycling, <laughs> all that. How long have you lived with him? Um, for maybe two and a half years now. This is the first thing that flashed in my mind. I saw you were trying to have a relationship and someone was interfering. And that recently mm -hmm. he felt cold, distant, and aloof. And this pattern had happened before with you. How is your relationship shifting with him? Um, right now, it's not that great. Why? Um, he's always accusing me of doing things that I'm not doing, like running around on him and things like that when I'm okay, really wait not. A minute, wait, 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 wait a minute. I did this once mm -hmm. on a Facebook Live. I just want you to know. I was talking to this lady. Notice I'm, I lower my voice like it's, it's, uh, it's a conversation just between you and me. No one's listening. But this is going all mm -hmm. over the world. So anyway, like mm -hmm. we're, we're just talking. So there was a person on Facebook Live. And I may go and do this again as a TV show. But she was acting funny. Like I thought someone else was on the line. I wasn't sure. But I was doing this reading on her. Mm -hmm. And I said, I see this relationship. You're in a relationship with this guy. And I go... I hate to tell you this, but you could do better. <laughs> At that right. moment, click, she hung up. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realized 
He was the other person on the phone. He was listening to the reading. <laughs> Do you understand? And he hung up. Yeah. So yeah. I said in front of all these people who were listening to Facebook Live. It's called TGIF. Thank God it's Facebook Live Friday with Dr. Mona Lisa. I do it again if mm-hmm. I could get on Facebook Live. That mm-hmm. he was bad for her because he was monitoring her. And he that's mm-hmm. why I said you could do better. My point is, is that a lot of people accuse people of doing something because that's what right. they're doing. Capiche? Right. Yeah, I've heard that a lot. <laughs> I knew you heard a lot. And right recently... I have been reading, believe it or not, the collective works of Machiavelli. And Machiavelli is this really difficult person who is into war and dividing and conquering, kind of like Napoleon, sort of. Because I've seen those kind of people. They're like ruthless, you know what I mean, in business. And mm-hmm. then finally I said to myself, i got to figure out how these people think because I don't think that way. I mean, I read the Bible every night. I mean, come on now. And so I listen to this stuff, and now I think the way that I, I can understand what they're thinking so I can protect myself. You you wouldn't mm-hmm. think of cheating on him, right? No. It's the last thing that you're thinking of, but he's thinking about it. What do you make of that? Not he's, a whole lot. You don't? I, I would mean, make something of it. It's not fit. Like, I'm just... I'm tired of having to prove my innocence. That's, no, you're not getting it. Daily. You're not getting it. You're not getting it. You, he, While he's trying to get you to prove his innocence, there's something called projection. The best defense is an offense. He's accusing you of something, so you don't have to pay attention to what he may or may not be doing. Do you get it? Yeah. What am I saying in plain English? That he's the one who's running around. That he may be, yeah. Do you get it? Yeah, I get it. Has this happened before that you've had jealous, vindictive people like that? Oh yeah. Thank you. Do you understand? Yeah. Once is a one-time occurrence. Two, two is a trend. Three is a condition. Mhm. And you're itching. Itching is an allergy. Autoimmune is first chakra. Allergy is the first chakra. It makes you feel that your immediate environment, your home, does not feel safe and secure. You're under attack. Hey, when you adopt an animal from the pound, when they go home Uh with you, if they start losing their hair and developing rashes like that, if the pound finds out about it, guess what they'll do? They'll take the animal back. They'll know that something abusive is happening in your family. And that's true of kids you foster as well. If they find out that all of a sudden that kid's developing rashes, losing their hair and stuff, are you following me? Yeah. That happens to a lot of women who do that. And a lot of times, people look at all the laundry detergent, they look at all the chemicals in their life, they they get rid Mm -hmm. of the cat, the dog, but they don't think of the stress they're living with somebody. Right. Well, that was the thing. Nothing um, was the same. Like, it was nothing the same environment that was caught. Like, when it all happened, nothing was the same that it could have been that I was allergic to. But at first, I thought it was, well, I guess anxiety. But, yeah. that. Yeah, I can understand why you'd be anxious if someone was pick, 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 pick. Yes. Right. This is anxiety. Because he's making you crazy. 
Mm-hmm. Do you get it? I By get it. By the way, if this happened once, twice, and I'm sure you've told him about past relationships, you'd think that he would be not doing that to you because you would think that he would want to differentiate himself from the other bastards. I'm sorry. Excuse me, Unity. Right. The other boobs. Oh, you can't say that either. <laughs> the mm-hmm. other buffoons. <laughs> right. Do you understand? Yeah, I understand that. So the problem here is not him. It's he's an angel for you. You need a sabbatical, but you need, it means time away or an elimination diet. When you feel that you're trying to find out what you're allergic to with food, mm-hmm. you eliminate one food after the other. You know that? Right. Or you go on a sabbatical, you go away, you eat only a couple of foods, and then you slowly introduce one or two back. And then when you get mm-hmm. the symptom back, you know what the problem is, right? Right. Yeah. So you either go to a girlfriend's house and you live there and you slowly introduce one or two foods, right? With a with a mm-hmm. um, nutritionist. And then you reintroduce him like, you know, a visit, maybe a meal. And you find out what happens. If he starts in with, uh, I wonder if you're having an affair with, I don't know, Justin Bieber (laughs) or whoever you like. And then then all of a sudden you start scratching. That's all you need to know. Mm -hmm. I know somebody who said her mother, a relationship with her mother was a metaphor for scratching at a scab. Do you have somebody in your life that used to pick on you like this who eroded your self-worth and self-esteem, someone in a position of power in the family? Uh, Yeah, my mom. That's right. That's why I brought up that she said her relationship with her mother was like picking at a scab. Things would be fine. And then all of a sudden they go, and again, good luck, okay? Get some support. I want to thank you for welcoming me into your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. See you next Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Life is hard, and sometimes you need a little help and guidance. I'm Laura West, host of a Guided Life podcast, and I believe that help is all around us. We just have to ask for it. The universe has a way of guiding us forward with the help of our past loved ones, angels, spirit guides, and ascended masters. On the podcast, I love to explore these ideas with incredible guests and let people know that they are never alone. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you can join me on this journey. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm network and wherever you get your podcasts.